0: Friday, Friday, Galaxy on my day. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: It's Friday. The weekend's here and we'll have a kid of me. We'll relax. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And take off our slags, Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's in a rubber house, in a rotten underwear.
2: Hallelujah Everybody, we only have three more games of professional NFL football left in the 2022-2023 season so if you want to put some action on the best sport ever invented do it with my bookie. whether you bet to earn or make the games more exciting my bookie gives you the most for your money with their redesigned deposit bonus just use promo code DUKES that's D-U-K-E-S on a deposit of $50 or more to receive a cash bonus Instantly to your MyBookie account. Using this bonus is simple. Bet your deposit amount just once and you're ready to cash out. It's no strings attached with MyBookie. Bet on the NFL, UFC, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly online blackjack tournaments. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.
3: Hello.
4: Twelve hands in a row, Duke. You son of a bitch. Nobody's
3: that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly.
4: Chad Dukes, Charlie Hotel <laughs> Alpha. Duke, yeah, Duke's.
3: Dig it. There but the grace of me.
4: Hey there boy, it's your pal Jimmy J, I got yet another free Friday episode for everybody. This past week, wow, Monday and Tuesday show, normal shows, Tuesday night we were recording the Wednesday show and unfortunately my shenanigans caused a domino effect. For the show to abruptly end. With everybody at the table. Minus Dukes doing something just absolutely stupid. My apologies for that. Otherwise, a really fun week of shows. Monday night was Monday night shooting tour. Duke's had some social media grievances that stem from the short story contest. Formerly known Joe Soup, now Joe Stew. Brings in a new offering to the boys of his latest passion. Dukes had himself a familiar phone call and Tor, while he had a trip to New York, went up to FezCon. Gives a fun little recap of that ordeal. Tuesday, same crew. Shooed, Tor, Joe Stew. The boys discuss a very scary house that's in Las Vegas. Uh, Tor got upset with the House of Happiness. They recapped the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, a very important piece of audio was pulled from Monday's episode, and Dukes was joined by Sean O'Connell, who discusses his new book coming out, and gives his perspective on the movie industry. Wednesday, 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 shoot Ant-Man, Steve Pie, Money Monk, and myself, Ant-Man, he had an issue with a drug test. That story is very funny. The Virginia Pizza Crusade, they uh, visited another establishment. Joe and Ant-Man turns out they're a disaster at a restaurant, and they discuss if Money Monk is being bullied, and he just may have been. Thursday, we have the Fortress Film Society gather back together. Chad, myself, Loud Goat, and Lottie Dottie. We review Lau Goat's movie pick, 71, that was released back in 2014. Newly released, Megan and Western classic, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Of course, that has John Wayne and James Stewart. Uh, We have the new movie pick that's announced on the show, Dotsy, He had himself an unfortunate experience watching movies that he missed during 2022, and we have some fun with that. Of course, today, you have me. I'm sorry, but deal with it. And there's, uh, there's been some posts on social media that we may get a shoot solo today as well. So stay tuned for that. All of that content as we're getting ready for the big day, which is tomorrow, January 28th. For all you founding members out there who plunked down your cash before there was even technically a Chad Duke show. We say thank you for our show coming your way tomorrow. You're going to love it. But what I have for you today... From the Fortress Film Society, Dukes and Goat go down memory lane and are a little upset that Lottie Dottie never got to experience those big red packs that you used to get when you rented VHS tapes from Arrows. You guys remember those? My God, that was a lifetime ago. And the deep dive we take into Dotson's uh, experience watching the movies that he missed during last year. From Tuesday, I have the interview with Sean O'Connell. But let's get you started off correctly here on a free Friday show tour. He was supposed to gather together with the boys from the House of Happiness and go up to New York and have themselves a weekend. There was a big event up there that Dukes was invited to. Turns out he couldn't make it due to scheduling conflicts, but Tor was still able to go. And we'll see if he can break the streak of show members going out of town and just failing profusely.
2: Friendos, if you're in the area, make sure you visit Commonwealth Dry Goods in scenic Old Town Fairfax. They have the very best in local candles, peanuts, gifts, chocolates, olive oil, hot sauce, along with ice cold cheer wine, and both types of music on vinyl. You can check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Commonwealth Dry Goods or order online
1: today at CommonwealthDryGoods.com. On Thursday, I've got a bit of an update too for Tor. He's unaware of this, but... um. Up in New York City at the Hard Rock Cafe, there was a little event called FezCon, which uh, celebrated the life and time of the great Fez Watley, who passed away over a year ago now, right? Yes. Um, the fact that he lived as long as he did with as many heart problems as he had and all the diabetes, it's just unbelievable. Uh, one of the most entertaining human beings, in my opinion, to ever walk the earth. And um, Joe was there. I forgot. Where were we, Joe? Were we in Nashville when I got the invitation? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You took
3: the call while you were... No, no, not while you were driving, but It, wasn't, it wasn't we were a... at a bar or something. Yeah, it wasn't a call.
1: It was a DM. And it was um, it was from the Bennington Twitter. The uh, Bennington show, of course, on SiriusXM. And it said, hey, do you know about FezCon? Would you like to come up for it? And I said... Yeah. And they said, I said, I, I assumed to be sold out, you know, because they were doing tickets with the lottery and everything. Ugh. And the response was, <clears throat> there's always room for friends, which I was incredibly flattered by. And at the time, it sounded like Ronnie B. It was not Ronnie B.
2: Oh, who was it then?
1: I don't know. So here's what makes it even crazier. I wanna go to FezCon. I immediately call Tor, because Tor is as big a Ron and Fez fan as I am, and I say, You wanna go to FezCon? Tor says, Yes, I want to go, so we're going. It's on a Thursday, it's in Manhattan. I start realizing the week of I'm not gonna be able to pull this off. I got too much shit going on. I had shit with the store, I had shit at home, I, I just had a bunch of stuff, I had people coming to the house. I just, I wasn't gonna be able to do it. So I messaged Tor, and I'm like, hey, man, I don't want to fuck you for this, but, like, I don't think I can make it. You want me to contact them and say, is it okay if you still go? And I guess you had decided to turn it into a house of happiness ordeal? Uh, I was going to go up there. No matter what? No matter what. It was was a...
2: I, I desperately wanted to go. Right, to check it out. but did you have friends up there or something? I have teammates around the area up there, but the House of Happiness, you know, as they always do, flaked, and they said, "Oh, well, all right." So I just went up there by myself. But did you you met people, right? Uh, at the uh, I, any friends? Did you have any friends? I you had friends. I did not meet anybody. I was alone in New you York. You were
1: just sitting alone in New York eating uh, sandwiches? I was
2: eating sandwiches. I was going to bars. I was, I was- That's
1: actually pretty cool. I, I, I had no idea. I thought you had a crew up there with you.
2: I tried to. look like a big loser.
1: Tor sent <laughs> me a picture of a pastrami sandwich, which I almost said to him, look, wherever that fucking is, buy one, and then when you drive back home... I'll meet you at the train station. You fucking give me that sandwich, and I'll take you back to your house.
3: Well, Chad, there was zero percent chance that was going to happen. Yeah, it
1: would. It would never happen. So I didn't. I didn't ask. But how good was that pastrami sandwich?
2: Oh, it was a. Uh, I had been eyeing down. And this is not like a, a fresh take or, or an right. establishment. But I've been wanting to go to Katz's Deli in New York for a while. It's it's better of a tourist
1: trap. But.
2: It is, but... Isn't there more than one? Uh, there is. I went to the yeah. original, so I did not go to the to break-off.
1: Do, do you follow them on a... Okay. I don't know if it's Instagram. The pictures of their sandwiches are otherworldly.
2: I did a lot of research on this establishment: how to order, where to order. I made sure I had cash. I That's made, smart. I, I made sure everything. I knew what soda to get. Because
1: you don't want to look like the jerk tourist. I did
2: not want. And there was a guy in front of me lost his fucking ticket. Looked like a, a local lost his ticket. I'm sitting here. I'm a jerk tourist. I'm holding on to it right here. Yep. Here's the ticket. Like
1: grim death.
2: Yeah, I'm not paying fifty dollars for a new ticket. I know the rules. So wait, they don't accept credit cards? Uh, it was cash only last time I read. I didn't even. I wow. didn't even decide to put out my card. I was just fucking not even cash. worth
1: trying. By the way, use cash if you're going into small businesses. Don't. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. it's uh, There's no Apple fees. So um, Tor wants to go. I message who I think is Ronnie B. It's not. I say, hey, I can't make it. I'm so sorry. My producer would still very much like to come. Is it still okay if he comes? Then they couldn't have been nicer. They're like, what's his name? He's on the list. He's good to go which I thought was very nice of them. Um, very gracious. So Tor goes up to FezCon. e at FezCon. So Erox starts texting me and he's like texting me pictures and stuff at FezCon and I'm like, it's just unbelievable shit. Like Fez's urn is at FezCon filled with Fez's ashes, which is, I know this sounds creepy. I'm so sad I didn't get a chance see that and like probably say a few words and like get a picture is that creepy because i imagine it was i was moved by the pictures that you guys were sending me alone from that you would not have been creepy
2: for doing that a lot of people were saying words at the urn and yeah. and taking a moment to reflect on that on that is, all. Is the actual aspect of it
1: i wonder if there's any way did they say where his remains were going to go?
2: Uh, I did not get that information about where it's... where it's. Uh,
1: I heard a rumor they were going to do maybe a part two of that thing at, um, in Florida, potentially. But so Tor is up at the Hard Rock, which if you don't listen to Ron and Fez, you're not going to understand this whole thing. This, yeah. That's where they do all their events. That's where all the events, a lot of O&A events there too. Tor starts to send me pictures and it's Tor with, this is going to be nothing to anybody, Pitsy. Like Taurus, meeting everyone that has ever worked on the Ron and Fez show, pretty much.
2: Dude, I fucking, I was like down there because I saw Dave. I'm like, oh, there's Dave. Oh, Eastside Dave. Eastside Dave. He's been on the
1: show before. And
2: then. Um, I, uh,
1: did you it, mark? Like, what was oh, your level of marking out?
2: It was a constant battle to try to keep it in under control. But I did. my Probably my biggest mark out was, oh, oh so, hey, man, can I get by you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. I talked to him. and He's like, oh, hey, I'm Pitsy. I'm like. Shut the fuck up. Oh, You're man. Pitsy? Because I, kn- I didn't know what Pitsy looked like. Right. like. I'm just talking to him about his life now. The and a former stuff. producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and he was so kind. And then I just sat down at a table with him. And then Eastside Dave sat down. We all started talking and hanging out. It, it was it was nice. I was obviously a, a lot of the people there were at previous events. Sure. And close friends of the show. And, and it just everybody kind of knows everybody. And that's what all the, the former producers and current did producers. Did she see Sets Fire? I, I'm sure I did. Did you see Go Pack Joe? I I think everybody was there.
1: Man. But he starts sending me the pictures, and it's him with Eastside Dave, and then I get a picture of Tor with Kumia, which had to be fucking crazy, and then I get the picture. that It's funny because the picture's fucked up, and I can tell that, I could just tell Tor's got this fucking really crazy happy look on his face, which I've never seen before. <laughs> uh, the only time I've seen Tor that happy is when you put the Chad Duke show helmet on. When you put the helmet on, on, yeah, 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 yeah. The helmet on <laughs> that's as happy as I've seen you open to this. But you got a picture with Ron, um, yeah. which is unbelievable. And you're like, hey! like, one of those type of deals. I think it's on the Instagram, isn't it? It is, yeah. People can check that out. Well, take us through it. Like, How did it all go? How was the, the event set up? Was everyone just mingling around with each other? Yeah, so I went up. I
2: thought it might have been hey, we're going to come on stage a little bit, talk, have a – it was not performative at all. It was, hey, we're all going to meet up at the Hard Rock, and you'll have your wristband, and that will get you access to the exhibit of of all the Fez stuff. And then, you know, all the the luminaries will be floating floating around. There's the bar. You can drink. You can talk to everybody. And then it just seemed like all the the key players of the Rod and Fez show – That sounds amazing. – was just there talking to to fans and and people either paying their respects or just – like, like me, meeting people for the first time, that was taking place. And I right now I have to thank E-Rock for facilitating a lot of that because-
1: He knows everybody. He
2: knows everybody. And I, I was kind of doing it on my own. I met uh, Chris Stanley, the current executive producer of the show on my Pepper own. Peppa Hicks. And then- uh,
1: From, uh, from uh, Steak Gate. Yes. <laughs> One of the greatest segments in the history of man. I, I love that segment. Well, it's the best. I love- well, I found the Chris Stanley <laughs> trifecta. <laughs> And I'm off and a story about, I can barely see all of the horses, cause his head is so massive and round. <laughs> that is a deep cut. Oh, it, that is... That's a deep I mean, cut. I, that means you missed it. I'm so that, bitter, I missed it. But yeah, I, uh,
2: he was. Uh, Chris was doing a cool bit where, where the show, where he was working all night, but if you wanted to come up and talk, uh, he, he had a mic with him and a, and a dat recorder, and he was just asking a couple questions about Fez, his life. Oh, how he that's felt really about cool. Him. So I think they're working on a production piece of people that were there. <sighs> I, I said a couple things uh, into it, and it was—I uh, I thought that was a really cool piece for people to get instead of just doing like an iPhone recording. Right, you, but right. like, hey, we're going to make this kind of nice.
1: What? All, so what all do they have? I saw there was like some of his the wrestling robes. It was and... the re- it, I,
2: every t- promotional t-shirt i would say was there there were vhs tapes from florida uh it was every fez hat that he had every different variation of robe uh any t-shirt that he wore on state dresses all the, everything
1: how big was the exhibit
2: um it was probably uh it was probably about the size of this room but it was uh, tables all around everything yeah. every it just if you were familiar with the show at any point in time, there was something in that room that you were familiar with.
1: Man, that's so great. Uh, what was it like meeting uh, Ron and Anthony and all those guys?
2: It was... Uh, it was... Ron was... was, It was... Impactful. Yeah. Because that's Ron Bennington. I, I had never met him before, but he's somebody that... You listen to it and you have this... I don't know. Almost a connection because you feel like you know him so well. It is so
1: fucking weird meeting radio hosts. Uh, just because... They share usually share so much of their lives, right? Uh, personal lives, and so you do feel a more intense connection. Like say, if you met Batista or right. somebody like that,
2: and the event was going from like six to nine, and um, I, I think I was able to. I shook his hand at like six fifteen. He was just leaving the exhibit. He was just doing a couple handshakes. But I'm like, oh, well, I got to introduce myself. You know, he, that's that's who who you introduce yourself to. So I think around eight thirty, he was still doing introductions. I could see it was just. You know, you you meet and talk with people for two and a half hours. Yeah, it's gonna be. I, I so I try to keep. Especially succ- everyone's there to see him. Yeah, I, I try to keep it succinct. Meeting him, and the, you know, I I marked out big time. And, and uh, but I, I had one shot at a picture. I was happy with the picture, and that it was just it was nice. He was fantastic, and I did I didn't leave needing any more from him. Sure, it was, it was enough, and I tried my best not to be weird. Even though at one point I was kind of pointing like, hey. I'm, I'm like walking over people trying to, because if there's a, a second of a gap, someone else is trying to jump sure. into them. It's, New Yorkers, it's just what they right. do. So I'm like, I, I tried to flag him down. I think I look like a monster, but I tried to be as nice as I could.
1: So you're saying was you're trying to get his attention, you look like you may have been trying to attack him? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He did not seem very comfortable <laughs> yeah. with the situation. Did you
1: do any tree knocking or boulder throwing? <laughs> no, I tried Did you do any to, of that? No,
2: I was trying to do some people throwing. Get, get out of my yeah, way. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Eric's. I mean, Eric's a mensch, so he's going to help you out with all that shit. But um, man, that had to be an unbelievable experience. i fucking gutted that I, that I didn't get a chance to miss it. The weirdest part about it was, I was I sent the pictures of you with with everybody over to the whoever I'm talking to on Twitter, right? And I said, "Thanks so much for making that happen." And I keep thinking it's Ron because it sounds like Ron, right?
2: They have the voice.
1: And I said, "Would you? We're going to talk about Fezcon. Would you have ten minutes to, to come on the show this week? Because Ron's been on. He came on with my radio file show." And uh, he, he, the guy says, I assume you mean Ron. And mm. I was like, oh, this isn't Ron? I'm sorry. I feel like a silly goose. With whom am I speaking? And they said, just a random nobody. And I'm like, I, like I assure you, I know who you are. Like, I, you don't, you don't, right. I didn't want to say I'm a fucking radiophile P1 nerd. Like, I'm going to know who you are. Um, but in this universe, I'm
2: very familiar with with the character. That guy, guy wouldn't tell
1: me. He <laughs> wouldn't tell me who it is. Man. And so I, I don't I don't know who invited me to to Fezka or who, who ultimately invited you. No, It was
2: well, crazy. Well, Earl was yeah. It was it was weird talking to Earl.
3: Maybe it, it was Earl. Maybe. Well, but, I mean, I'm, I assume the person who invited you got the okay from Ron. I don't think he would just. Make I would that think decision so. Himself.
1: I know that I saw the the hideout guys were there. So yeah, they, were, yeah. they were they were they're kind of. But I'm not on that level – like, I'm I'm not on the level of – I was never a character on their show. Like, I would call in every once in a while. I called into Bennington. Yeah. Um. I don't think I ever called into Ron and Fez. But I, I was there that one time that they were down here in D.C. to watch them do their show at the XM studio, um, which you're familiar with. And uh, he brought me up then, too, and made a real big deal out of it. I remember being shocked that he did that. So, yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know – did he say, I mean, did you say you were produced for the show? Yeah, for Chad. Did, what did I, he say?
2: Uh, uh, who, uh, Ron? Yeah. Oh, he, he was just like, oh, that, that's that's awesome. So glad you could make it. You know, Chad's really, he was complimentary of okay, you. Okay, good. And then, yeah, so everybody, was, I mean, uh, F.A. and J. Dubs were complimentary of you, and then uh, everybody that said.
1: Are they both out of radio, are they still uh, on
2: radio? You know, E Rock's always chopping it up about business. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I don't think anybody's
1: really out of it. When, sure. With sure. Their, it also, radio is so different now. It's yeah. like they could be podcasting or doing something else. Yeah, those guys, I was running the board at JFK and then in HFS at the same time those guys were. So that was ultimate. They were way more in that whole scene than I was. Right. I remember at one point, uh, Hefe was like, Don was like grooming him to be his like Padawan learner at some point. I don't know what ultimately ended up happening. Yeah, it's a weird group. And it's it's weird generations of, like, fuck it. The, the the thing that's so crazy about that show is it's changed, like, every five to six. I did not like the Ron and Fez show when I first heard it because it was all about this message board. Yeah. And, and it was, they were always talking <laughs> about characters that I had no idea who the fuck they were. Imagine, Joe, if, like, you're just a random listener and, like, you're never on the show and people are just talking about you constantly. Like, I don't know. I know that we have characters on this show, but I never got it. And then it became my favorite, I think, my favorite radio show of all time. It's, it, it, it's such a random thing.
2: My pocket is uh, like 06 to 09. That's my pocket when it's, yeah. when it's the, the, you know, you, you're starting to get a little bit of Chris Stanley, but it's Earl, Dave, Ron, and Fez. And it, I think it's because then it still seemed like Fez was having some fun. Not not a ton of fun. Not like any W fun. But, it's but. very
1: strange how much I enjoy Fez having fun, but also how much I enjoy them <laughs> yeah. diving into Fez's problems. Like it's it's just some of the most scintillating radio of all time.
2: Oh, what are the what are the questions that I was answered? What was your favorite Fez meltdown? Yeah, I said St. Patrick's Day.
1: <laughs> I always forget to. And Ron is a Ron is a gen- like Ron is a certified for me genius. Like he probably is one of the smartest people I'll ever listen to. But like the show that they were doing, like that Carney show. Like, 20 years ago, I'm like, God damn, it almost feels like Rogan hosting Fear Factor. Yeah. You know? It's like, God, I wish we had Ron being Ron-Ron, like, the entire time that he was doing that, all that.
2: And he was still clever, but I think he knew the audience of what they were looking. They were kind of looking yeah. for a carny show.
1: And that's... When he was having to do a show and Fez was losing his mind, it was some of the most... Because there, there is no manual for it. Like, right. It's some of the most unbelievable... Rolling with the punches that I've ever fucking hurt, and there should not have been as many laughs as there were. There, was, I mean, it was there was a lot of times there was nothing funny <laughs> happening in that studio, and he was having to deal with it, and it was still fucking oh. hilarious. It's no one will ever recreate that for whatever that period was when he started losing it, and now that we we had Dave on, we learned a lot of it was you know gimmicks, <laughs> yeah, that it was kayfabe. Still, it doesn't matter. It
2: Doesn't matter. I can
1: I could still listen to. I, when I was uh, on the tri- t- taking the train up, I was just
2: listening to classic classic yeah. episodes. Uh, Staff that, meltdown over Earl's race. Fantastic yeah. radio. Well,
1: they're both they're the two funniest guys in the fucking world. Yeah. You were talk about doing a show, by the way, too, <laughs> and keeping up kayfabe. Those those are the fucking – they're Jedi when it comes to that. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm, I'm really glad you went. I'm, I'm glad you had a good time. Now, how long were you up in New York? Uh, I was up there
2: until – I think I left on well, – I missed my train here because I was hungover, and then I had to get up. <laughs> I had to get the train directly after it. Okay, all right. Uh, so I got up to New York at around two thirty, three o'clock on Thursday. I left at one o'clock on Saturday. So I had all of Friday to kind of just tool you just around. Bopped
1: around. Just bopped around. Anything weird happen? Uh I just that's... see so many videos. It looks like there's so many homeless people up there now.
2: It, I tell you, it wasn't that many. Really? Homel- I think I only shelled out about two bucks, which I should, but
1: you probably shouldn't do anything.
2: Though, right. But uh, when, I, when I was walking around, basically. Friday, Thursday it was all about going to that. I didn't have any plans afterwards, so I, I knew I, was, you know, I was drinking, so I'm gonna get a a street cart to, uh, gyro, go back to my hotel room, pass out. Then did Friday, you to, did
1: you go to Gray's Papaya?
2: I did not go to Gray's Papaya. Did you go to Papaya I,
1: King? It's so t- no.
2: I where did you eat? I ate at Katz's Deli. That's, That's it. I, that was the the main. Part you didn't for get me.
1: pizza while you were in New York? I didn't. What the fuck, Ant Man? How could man? you not get pizza? I just... What is wrong with these fuckers, Joe? They go, they go someplace where they're known for food and they won't eat the food. And, uh, Chad has talked about uh Napoleano. Yeah, yeah, the the, the uh, Natoli's. Natoli, I told him to go yeah. there, but I should have
2: gone there. Yeah, but if he's in Manhattan, there's fifty it, pizza places. It, it's overwhelming. It, it it was overwhelming. Uh, but I, I think I did my best. Uh, with, I disagree.
1: With I think you had one sandwich while you were in Manhattan for three <laughs> Correct. days. Correct. It's the worst fucking thing I've ever had. I had a lot of street hot
2: dogs. I was happy with that.
1: You eat street hot dogs? Yeah. get that anywhere. Yeah. How
2: would you get that I, I, was, I was
1: hungry for take, a street hot dog. You're going to take some shit.
2: I understand I will. The I'm audience not, is going to give you I'm some shit. I'm not thrilled about that facet of my trip. I'm not thrilled about it. I think I could have gone above and beyond. Uh, but I, I, I kind of just did it. All right. Uh, but uh, that night, it was, all right, I'm reaching out to the people. They're doing something else. So I just said, all right, I'll I've heard of this bar. I'll go to Smith's. I walk down to Smith's. The old sailor bar. Yeah.
1: Dudes. (laughs) Mm, 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 mm. There's that noise again. Yeah. Well, how do we know that? (laughs) Could you post that segment, please? If people haven't heard that segment, that is the funniest radio segment in the history of mankind. It's Ron and Fez where Fez is going to dinner with his family, and he's brought their ex-intern to pretend to be his gay lover to, to, to piss his mom off. And then his niece decides to go out to Smith's Bar, leave all the fucking women in Fez, and then Ron, Ron and Pepper talk about her getting deep <laughs> by two different dudes <laughs> in the fucking bathroom. Oh. It is the funniest shit I've ever heard. I,
2: I've, I've loved that segment so much. That I had to How go do check we know it. this? I had to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I had to go check it out, and I just sat at the bar, drank some real uh, vodka sodas. You, was there a band? Out. Did you, did you I, sing no, with the band? No live band. I was I
1: was shoot upset. I remember driving by Smith's while I was uh, while I was up there. Oh, man. It that was, might not be the original location, to be honest with you.
2: I'm not sure, but uh, it, it, I, it
1: was divey enough
2: for me to be like, okay, well, this...
1: Oh man, I want to go to Smith's now.
2: Yeah, but then I just uh, this oyster is my oyster, <laughs> so don't you
1: be touching it. I think I know every word of that fucking segment. It's the best. I love <laughs> when they talk about the wicker, the wicker the chairs, wicker's. and they're eating the what's, fucking. What's cru- the brown thing on the on the plate? They're like that's cruise ship food. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, That's awesome, man. Anybody you need to thank? Um, Chad Dukes. Well,
2: and I- then and then those at the <laughs> you're at the, welcome at the Bennington show, and then everyone that helped put yeah. on the event. I'll thank E-Rock again because he was a fantastic facilitator for uh their photographs and also
1: just meeting people i wonder if iraq could maybe reach out and see if there would be any opportunity to uh because he was gonna like he wanted me to come by compound like he it was gonna be we're gonna do it up nice but i couldn't make it happen i'd love to know if there's a way to visit the, the ashes i would love to be able to do that so
2: anyway he is always wheeling and dealing so iraq so, we well also
1: but iraq at that thing like iraq's slab uh, oh, man yeah. you know what i mean like everyone knows him there right i mean there's, he, he was super fan number 99 for fucking Ron and Fez and he was only his producer for 100 years people probably were marking out for E-Rock
2: if you're interested in buying or selling a home there's only one person you should call and that's Joe Azer. you can reach him at 571-989-2937 that's
1: 571 989 azer very excited to have an old friend on some of you might have remembered him from crossing the streams back on my JFK days he is the man Managing editor at Cinema Blend and co host of the Real Blend podcast. My man writes books and he's got a brand new book out about Spider Man movies. I think a lot of you probably would be interested in that. It's called With Great Power. You can get it now. He will be here in the area locally on February 11th at the AMC Tyson's Corner. It'll be a Saturday at 1 p.m. To sign the books. There'll be a nice book signing out there. My old buddy Sean O'Connell is back on the Monk's Barbecue Hotline. Sean, great to catch up with you, bud. How are you? I'm great, Chad. Long time no see, man, and I'm so happy to be back. Man, I'm happy to have you. I remember we talked about your um, the Snyder Cut. You were so immersed in that. I know we had several conversations about that, and you wrote that book, and now a book about the impact of... And, I think you're right. I mean, I saw. I was reading the language on the cover of it. I haven't read it yet myself. I'll pick up a copy when I come out to see it to, at the signing. Um, is it difficult to kind of put into context the impact that just this one character has had in an era where comic book movies are now dominating the landscape? Because if if you and I were going to have a conversation 25 years ago, I'd be like, "Well, it's going to be Batman or Superman or one of those guys." It's not. It's it's Spider Man, and he's had several successful. Franchises because of it. What was it like digging into this phenomenon surrounding this one character?
0: Well, because I kind of believed that he was that powerful, but it wasn't until I started laying out the details that I wanted to include in this book that I realized just how significant his reach stretches. And it's, you know, it's the multiple franchises led by uh, Toby McGuire, Andrew Garfield, and his current situation in the MCU. It's the Sony movies that exist without. Spider-Man even being a part of them, the Venom films, uh, Morbius, as bad as that was, the upcoming Craven the Hunter film. Um, it's the animated projects and it's just his history. Like we go all the way back to uh, when he was a character on a show called The Electric Company in the 1970s and the animated 1964 series that we um, th- that we watched as kids. And so that impact to me was really curious. But then when you even start to dig into some of the things that make him special, like the deal that uh, Sony made to share him to Disney is just something that doesn't happen in this industry. Uh, When you see something like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, sort of branch out and introduce Miles Morales, and then that goes on to win an Oscar, it just feels like there were so many things that the character was accomplishing that I wanted to sort of put it all onto a page and didn't even realize at the time that I started the book that we were building up to uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, which ends up merging all three of the heroes together in this, you know, what ended up becoming a blockbuster franchise. It was
1: uh, it was the best of those three movies, in my opinion, too, and it's at a time when it's so, we're so oversaturated with them and I I don't know. I've I've kind of fallen out of love with comic book movies because to me, everyone's just waiting around for the cameo and the credit scene. I just don't think they're as executed as well as they were when the first Guardians came out. And the exception, I think, is everything they're doing with this character. Going back to The Electric Company, it's so funny you mentioned that. I'd forgotten about it. He wasn't on every episode. I remember watching Electric Company and crossing my fingers that there was going to be the (laughs) Spider-Man segment where the big net would appear whenever he shot the webs. It was awesome. Um what what is is it because he's not this square jawed you know prototyp- prototypical prototypical? I think one of the reasons why everyone loves Wolverine is because he is short. It's because he is angry. Like he's not a he's an antihero. But I would almost think that Spider Man would be the opposite of that. I mean he's so good natured and I can't kill anybody. So over the top. It would seem to me that that might push off some adult fans. But it, it certainly doesn't seem to have with these movies no everybody that i interviewed for the purpose of this
0: book kept coming back to the one thing about him is how relatable he is and how peter parker either you know is like you or is at least like somebody that you know he has the same sort of problems that a regular you know teenager or 20-something kid might have and so you see yourself in him or you can at least sympathize with him. and when you look at the other types of heroes that we've been following over the, you know, over the years, he's not like a Luke Skywalker who was chosen to be a Jedi, you know, or born into the lineage or, or like a Harry Potter who comes from a long line of of wizards. He's just a kid who got bit by a radioactive spider. And, and more often than not, you know, he's broke. He, he doesn't want to go out and fight uh, the villains because he'd rather have a social life. These are all these elements that you sort of buy into. Now I think he has the best, range of villains over the years as well, too. Only Batman kind of matches them. Yeah. So I think that those cool villains, whether it be Green Goblin or Dr. Octopus, those are visually cool villains that keep bringing us back. But I just think that that story of Peter Parker and that story of Spider-Man is so timeless. And one aspect of it, Chad, that I learned about that I never even thought about is because he's one of the very few superheroes whose face is completely covered by a mask, he can really appeal to any international audience. Like mm. I heard from Uh, You know, I heard from Chinese uh, fans and I heard from uh, African fans who talked about the fact that at Halloween time, they didn't have a superhero that looked like them, that they could say, this is me kind of thing. Superman obviously is, you know, has his entire face shown, even Batman, the lower face. But with Spider-Man, because you never saw who he was under the mask, and this becomes a message that was really important in Into the Spider-Verse, they say anybody can wear the mask. And that was an appeal of Spider-Man to so many people around the planet uh, for years upon years.
1: Yeah, I wish they would all keep their masks on. To be honest, it always drives me insane during comic book movies. Where the poster, it's like, well, what? Why does he? Why does Iron Man have a mask if he's not going to wear it when he's in the middle of fighting off a bunch of robots? That's my own little uh, quibble that I have with these things. The, the The Rogues Gallery. I'm glad you pointed that out. I I love them all, and they're great. And I think that's why someone says, "Well, how is a Venom movie going to make you know eight hundred million dollars?" And it does because they're strong characters and another thing that they do a great job is the variations of spider-man seem to hold up and i think that's why into the spider-verse is so much fun those are you know those are well-written movies too but it's crazy to me that they have multiple successful franchises going on at the same time that technically really don't have anything to do with each other around the same character i don't to my knowledge is any other has any other entertainment ip been able to do something like that on this scale cinematically nothing i mean star wars a little bit now Maybe. the
0: way that they branched off into television um but no not to be able to launch. Like, it would be like if you took a james bond movie and and built it around like money penny or m you know and you'd be like well how would you even have this without james bond it wouldn't work so it, was, it is kind of remarkable that they've been able to sustain that people will talk about the quality of those movies but the venom films cashed out yeah you know <laughs> People love that character. And so, yes, that has been wildly fascinating about him. And one of the things about the villains, too, is that I think that people were just as enamored seeing uh, Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina back in those roles yeah. uh, as they were seeing Toby and Andrew come back. And it goes to show that, like, the casting, like I was fascinated by the process of the casting in all of these movies and the decisions that you make to, you know, to not only determine who's going to play Peter Parker, but who's going to be his arch nemesis in each of those films. And especially with, like, I knew that the Andrew Garfield movies couldn't do anything that the Toby films did. And that by the time they got to Tom Holland, they had to match up to two other franchises ahead of them. And I thought that challenge of how do you make it different, yet still keep to the root of Spider-Man and yet still be appealing to a mainstream audience, it was really fascinating to me because I think that's a huge challenge that people don't stop to think about.
1: Book is called With Great Power. You can go ahead and buy one on Amazon as we speak. It is at Sean underscore O'Connell on Twitter to follow him. He'll be at the AMC Tyson's Corner Saturday, February 11th for a book signing at 1 p.m. Um, you can check that out on his website, Sean O'Connell Books as well for all those details. The part about the Andrew Garfield movies, which is so crazy. First of all, the second one is is pretty tragic. But you said raking it in. The first one made $748 million. And we, we look at it we look at it like it's some sort of black eye. Um, where it's not. Like any movie would kill it. But these movies have to make so much more money. I get it for these studios. They put all the advertising in. And they want to green light other things. And so these tentpole movies have got to make a certain amount of money. But we look at those movies like they're a failure. And by any other franchise, they would be humongous successes, which is also interesting. Um, did you figure out how much of the audience is kids and how much of it is? I'm in my 40s and I still, you know, like Spider Man movies. Like, what is the divide there? Because he does seem like he's got a leg up on it, kind of indoctrinating younger audiences. One of the more interesting things that I've discovered um, is how this younger generation
0: now, their Spider Man is Miles Morales. Hmm. My wife is in elementary education. She goes to school every day and sees kids with Spider-Man backpacks, Spider-Man shirts and sweatshirts and hats. And it's some Peter Parker, but mostly it's Miles Morales. And I mean, just how clever of an idea it is to be able to reboot a, a character um you know who is so timeless and to just introduce a new person who is spider-man is extremely fascinating so you will find of course the older audience who it's always going to be peter parker who grew up on these films who read the comics but it's like spider-man figure out a way to reinvent himself you know with another character with another guy, without having to actually in the books get rid of peter parker there are times where these two coexist but this new generation chad it's fascinating to me if you say to them hey uh, you love Spider-Man, and they're like, absolutely, Miles Morales is my guy. And you know what's a, been another impact of that too, which blows me away, is the success of the characters having um on Sony PlayStation with the right. new games that are coming out. That has introduced the character to it, a complete new generation of younger kids who are co- who are plugged into uh, video games and anything happening on the PS5. Uh, that title broke records for Sony Pictures Entertainment, uh, for Sony Video Games, and then they have a sequel to that coming out that's going to be even bigger because they're going to put Venom into it the character's popularity is not slowing down anytime soon and you know there's a shelf life on almost all of these characters and you see them go through peaks and and dips superman's been in a dip you know they can't quite figure out how to make them work spider-man has never experienced that you brought up the amazing spider-man once People will mostly tell you that the worst Spider-Man movie made is is Raimi's third one because Raimi didn't give a a crap about Venom, and that thing was a mess, and Topher Grace was miscast. But up until the Marvel ones, that was the highest grossing Spider-Man movie. Like, Sony just – the lesson Sony was told is, hey, if we put anything with Spider-Man out there, people are going to show up. And that's what they believed until they started making really bad movies and had to have Marvel come save them.
1: Um, You mentioned Uh, Alfred Molina for a long time, and I know everyone's probably going to say – Heath Ledger and the Joker and the Dark Knight, but I just I kind of almost put those Nolan Batman movies in a different category that we're talking about here. But um, Brian Cox in that second X-Men movie and Alfred Molina in that second Spider-Man movie are such great villains. And it really shows you that if you invest in the bad guy and you kind of focus, that's why Darth Vader, I think, is always the focus of, or should be the focus of Star Wars because he's the most interesting and, and they're multi-tiered kind of not they're not all bad. You know, you're kind of understand why they're doing what they're doing. Those were so important and they found out a way to make that work. Um, it was really refreshing to see some of those characters. And, that, and that's no disrespect to, to Willem Dafoe. He, he, the, the Green Goblin character is so over the top, though. It was great yeah. to see all of those come back. I wonder what it was like securing You go into like what it must have been like. Securing all those rights and recasting all those characters, there had to be people that told him the to Pound Sand. I don't want to come back and do it again. But boy, I got so many people for that movie. Well,
0: what's crazy about it is that I have interviews with all the people. through Like the book goes through No Way Home, and and it does get to speak to different people on the other side of that movie coming out. So I do have a lot of insight into how the movie came together. That's awesome. And what was interesting that is, if if any one of them says no, if Toby if Toby just says no, nah, I'm not into it. but the movie falls apart and actually like toby signed on first and then andrew comes out and he says afterwards he's like i had no choice then at that point you know like once toby said yes i had to be in and for him specifically that's not a great time in his career to go back to you know and and i thought that that movie ended up giving him the cathartic ending that he needed uh and so i kind of love it for that perspective too but yeah all of those villains and you will see if you go back and watch that movie through They shot it during COVID and there are um, Sandman in particular, uh, some of the electro stuff, uh, the lizard, when they had to refer, they just use old footage from the existing movies because Reese Witherspoon's uh, and Thomas Hayden Church couldn't get down to Atlanta where they were shooting. So they either stay in a visual effects character the entire time, or when they turn to human, it's existing footage from the pre uh, from the pre-existing films. Wow. And you know, yeah. so there's cheats like that that you figure out. But um, that again too is a really difficult time of how we were trying to get people to come back to movie theaters during the time of COVID, and no way home when they put it out in theaters. Sony was terrified. So. Tony was really worried that people weren't going to come back because they watched Christopher Nolan try to bring people back with Tenet. It did OK. It didn't really break box office records, but they weren't sure if people felt safe enough to go back to theaters and sit next to a perfect stranger. Uh, and then Spider-Man, again, the drawing power of this character and his popularity brought people back to theaters, uh, and and kind of was that first jolt to the movie industry of, uh, of hey, blockbusters can start luring people back.
1: Man, it wasn't, you, you remember this, it wasn't just that, it was, they were getting attacked for putting movies in movie theaters. Well, you're trying to yes. kill people, you, you're you trying to put people in jeopardy, it's like, good lord, we've got to figure out a way to make this work, and I think the first movie I saw back in the theater was Nobody, which was... um. Which was great, but it wasn't like a blockbuster. You know, it was right. it was a fun action John Wickish type of movie. Seeing Spider Man in the theater, uh, and it was good. I was so glad it was good, and I love the feints they did with the trailer where they they edit out the lizard jumping so you don't know the the Sinister Six are in it. And the one right, thing right. The, one, the one thing that I hate about the whole culture, Sean, is that comic book movie fans are obsessed with ruining surprises for themselves. Yeah, and so. I know. But it was sitting there in the big pop when Tobey Maguire turns, like comes through the portal, and everyone goes crazy. I actually thought Andrew Garfield was probably my favorite Spider Man in that movie and, and one of the best parts of it. So it was nice that it brought everybody back, but it was also good. Like it was a good movie to go back and see in the theater.
0: Well, I, so I got to see it. Um... I, when we did a press screening for it, Chad, they only showed us the first 35 minutes, which essentially took us to the end of the bridge fight with Dr. Octopus. They didn't want to show us the rest of the movie, which I totally understood. Yeah. So then I went Thursday morning, first screening out of the gate, just wanted to see it with a bunch of other people. But I had tickets to the Friday night IMAX, and I got to bring the whole family. And that was the best screening I've ever been to, because it was with a packed crowd who reacted to everything. But it was not just that. It was like sitting next to my wife, who's a very casual fan, who at least like when Andrew saves Zendaya and he, she recognizes that, Oh, that's making up for Emma stone. She started to cry and she doesn't give a a damn about these things. (laughs) You know, it's like emotionally that stuff just hit you. It's, it's part of our fabric. You know, we, we grew up with these characters. We grew up with these stories. And when you see those moments hit, it's beautiful. It was really beautiful.
1: Was, um, I want to ask you while I have you and you, you, you were in all the, the Snyder cut stuff so deep and that was such a pop culture, phenomenon. We'd probably never see anything like that ever again. Um t- James Gunn taking over this thing and then if you've got the pimp and to tell the rock to go pound sand right after he <laughs> brought he th- the rock brings Superman back and yep. James Gunn says, uh thanks but no thanks. Like I can't even ima- I mean there's I'm sure you're you know getting tired of writing books constantly about all this stuff, but like there's a book in there somewhere about everything that's going on right now. And then Aquaman is in limbo, and is he coming back? as Lobo? And hey, we're canceling Wonder Woman also. And does the Suicide Squad still? Does that man? Is that a crazy way that that whole thing's kind of being rebooted over there at DC? It is fascinating, and you're right. There's a book that's coming <laughs> about. I should all have known. That. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure if I'm going to be writing it. I may give it a shot. I'm not sure, but uh, but yeah. I mean, what happened with that was if Black Adam had done better um then maybe the rock would have had a negotiating tactic uh it didn't yeah and the person who got burned the most in that that breaks my heart is henry cavill yeah because that dude they let that dude make a video that said i'm back and i can't wait for more stories with this character I, you know, you guys know how much he means to me. Your support has meant everything. And then two weeks later, they're like, "Oh yeah, by the way, we were just kidding." Like that's heartless. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't fault Gunn for that. I I think that that decision was made out outside, you know, by someone else who was maybe who was afraid to say no to the Rock, essentially, um, and let him string that along. But I think Gunn deserves a chance to kind of reboot what had happened, you know. And I think that. You know, the multiverse is a way that you can sort of dance around. Oh, yeah, that exists still. It's just over there. And now we're doing something else here. Because with Warner Brothers in particular, with DC, they already have, like, Matt Reeves is doing the Batman thing out here. And Todd Phillips is doing a Joker thing over here. And it doesn't merge together the way Marvel does. It operates differently. And so, you know, we hear that Gunn is going to make some big announcement of his eight to ten year plan in January. And I'm dying to see what it is because I think it's going to answer a lot of the questions. But yeah, Rock had to eat some crow with Black Adam. Man, that thing did not. He kept talking about the DC power shift and all this jazz, and that it just didn't connect with audiences. I
1: um I liked him as Black Adam, and then as an adult, uh, I liked that it was it was a movie for adults with him murking everybody. But yeah, man, was it clumsy? And you just introduce a whole team of superheroes with zero backstory. Uh, Pierce brought they wasted a really good Pierce Brosnan performance. I thought is fate in that movie too 100 100 that's a bummer all right um how is uh people checking out the book i'm excited it's a great topic um i liked your last book i assume you're going on a tour here which is pretty cool how's the promotion been
0: well the the good thing is that when the snyder cut book came out we were in the middle of covid and i couldn't do anything to sort of go out and 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 meet people yeah. I, I love just sitting around like you and and talking about movies and geeking out about stuff So now with the second book out, I really wanted to make a concerted effort to get out there with the Snyder Cut book. We had worked out something where I had a P.O. box and people could send me a copy of the book and I would sign it for them if they wanted and get it back to them. It's harder with hardcover. So I just wanted to pick a couple of places where um, I I know our show Real Blend has an audience and uh, I've got ties to the D.C. area. I'm going out to Chicago. Uh, I have a couple of things planned in Los Angeles, Um, but I just want to go out and meet. You know, fellow geeks and, and talk about Spider Man. Yeah. So, uh, so I hope people come out. I hope people come out to the AMC Theaters, uh, Tyson's Corner on February 11th, and, and we can hang out. And, and uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, who people might know from Fox Beanie 5 Karen. in your area. He's going to host the Q and A for it. He's a great friend of mine, and so uh, you get to meet him, get to meet me, and um, and just hang out, talk superhero stuff.
1: I've had many conversations with Kevin about many Quentin Tarantino movies, so it'll be good to see him as well again. <laughs> um, well, can can you buy the book there? Do people need to bring a book? No, we're
0: going to have copies of it available for you there, um, right. so don't worry about that if you need to, but if you want to grab it before that, it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, it's available all different places that books are are sold, it's got an audio book, it's got a Kindle version, it's got all your bases covered.
1: Awesome, man, well, I'll be there, I'm looking forward to it, always appreciate talking movies with you on the show, let's do it again real soon, everybody, AMC Tyson's Corner, Saturday, February 11th, 1pm, with Great Power is the book. You can get it, well, wherever you buy books, but for everything, go to seanoconnellbooks.com. I'm actually writing a novel right now. I'm actually 13 chapters in. It's the most I've ever written, so I want to send you my sub stack so you can... Tell me grammatically how atrocious it is, please. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. I would love to dive into that. That's great. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's actually been a lot of fun, and I know it's a lot of work, so congratulations to you. As you know already, cranking one of those bad boys out is a tough thing. Uh, good luck, buddy. I'm looking forward to having you here. Maybe you can swing by the studio. I'll get you in the studio that day, too. That'd be great, brother. I would love it. Talk soon. There he is, Mr. Sean O'Connell from Cinema Blend at Sean underscore O'Connell on the Monk's Barbecue Hotline.
2: The Virginia Pizza Crusade is on a mission to find the best slices in the Commonwealth. To keep up with the reviews, be sure to follow the Virginia Pizza Crusade on Instagram at Virginia Pizza Crusade.
1: Goat. I was yes. the other day. We were. It was something we'd all texted each other, and I was fucking thinking about the tube and how much the tube loves movies. And I got sad. For I'm not kidding you, but probably three minutes straight that the tube n- never in his life ever got a chance to, and probably never will shake a videotape out oh. of one of those big Errol's fucking the cases foam sided yeah with no lid dotson it, they didn't have a lid they had pieces of foam down the side and you would shake the fucking tape out and the picture on the front was like encased in some sort of yeah cellophane so it
5: was they cut the vhs box they cut the four panels of the yeah. vhs box and they put it on each of the four sides but of this red case. Yeah. So it was like when you did um, like a report cover in school, where you'd have like this big, like really tough exterior, but you'd put that picture in the middle. Uh-huh. It was like, and so it was. We have a copy of Clue that we bought used from Arrows. I would kill to that have that. Has, I would that fucking has kill to have that. the four panels of the VHS on either side of the thing. You I read a Clue
1: from Arrows at Rolling
3: Valley Mall oh, seven thousand times. You got to send me a picture of that. No, no, yeah. Google
5: oh, yeah. it right now. Okay and it was just it was a huge protective oh. thing and so they had a it was an outer plastic case that so went important. over the the red interior do you
1: know how important i those mean more to me than any family member
5: those <laughs> fucking the memory just the memory Dude, of those the
1: excitement and then i remember like i remember like alien mm-hmm. like it's, it's so cuz i couldn't rent it there's no way and they, they would card you at this fucking place they wouldn't let you rent rated oh, r movies what
3: a narc's really they're carding at the video store yeah
1: My buddy Alex, he could rent Alien from
5: Errol's and we would watch it, and I would just be scared as fuck. I just remember also, it was where it was the go to before I was able to get pay per view on cable. Yeah. So, like, on SpectraVision, three or four weeks after the WWF would have a big event, that's where it would go. Errol's would have the. Sports and entertainment section. And I remember that's... watching
1: World War. Well, that was Hollywood video. I, re- I would I would read World War Three okay. over and over and over. Oh again. my god! I believe it was the Giant versus Kevin Nash. And why
3: wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> fucking fantastic. Are you looking at it? Is this, is this it? Let me take a look. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That, that thing is enormous. It's, it's enormous. It's yeah. next to a PlayStation controller. It's also, like twice as big. It three was, so times you, as big. There
5: were two. There were multiple reasons for that. It was one, to protect the video cassette, but also so you couldn't walk out yeah, with it surreptitiously. Yeah.
1: But also, too, there was no lid. So if it was fucking raining, like, I don't know what or, they expected you to do. Or if, if the do. foam had
5: compressed in some yeah. capacity. That
1: thing was flying right out. And the foam would come out, and the foam was like a square U, mm-hmm. and you had to shove it back in there if it ever came out.
5: Oh God! Oh, that's so great.
1: I just—that's one of
5: those moments in time.
1: Now I'm sitting there scrolling through every movie that's ever been made on my little Apple TV, and I'm like, "Ah, fuck this! Ah, fuck this! Yeah, ah, fuck this!" You took that one videotape home, and you knew you were going to watch it three times before yeah. you returned it. The next I mean, day. Yeah, yeah. It,
3: we, I mean, we we got movies. It was I know, like, but you bust, don't yeah, know like, about the Errol no, fucking I don't, case. Dude. Trust me, I I I am heartbroken that I did not get this. You like, would have loved I, it. I get sad looking at photos like this. I, I would be I, willing to
1: sacrifice. 15 to 20 years of your life if you could have <laughs>
3: yeah. if you could have
1: just taken a video slid a videotape out of one of those okay.
3: cases that's a quite the decision
1: from you i read a bulls versus blazers on the super nintendo from oh that my fucking god Errols. oh <laughs>
5: right. nobody teabagged me i mean that that is nice <laughs> just enjoyed myself Oh, you mean less. as far as video gaming is concerned what do you mean I was, I don't know what you meant at first. It yeah, took me. while. I say it. what you say, Spider.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I had I had video update in uh, Chesapeake. That was the closest video to like a, a smaller well name Potomac out. video. No like blockbuster or anything like that.
1: Potomac video in Twinburg Shopping Center had the
5: adult section with the beads and oh.
1: it's and I would just so
5: to... so they'd know when someone went in. Oh or out, yeah, Made so the I I most just, noise possible. I
1: tried to see as much as I could looking through the beads. <laughs> I just tried everything that I could to see as much as I
5: could. Funny, they didn't have the TV showing. Uh, a now playing section back there. No, they think, did not. Guys. <laughs> not like they did out front.
1: And they thought those beads would stop me, but it was too late. I'd, I'd already seen everything.
3: So I need to, I need to start treating you two like a sponsor, um, as like you know, an, a- an AA sponsor or Oh, huh? I need to call okay. you before I do dumb shit. Oh lord, like watch Black Adam. Oh yeah, yeah. then we talk
1: about. We didn't talk about Black Adam on the no.
3: show. No, dude, um, I, I I avoided it. Holy oh. fucking shit! Dude. You didn't
1: like that first scene when he comes out of the mountain?
3: I didn't like any of it. Um, I like that it was fucking trash. It was absolute garbage. Yeah, it's not a good movie. Um, it, and the
1: backstory, the complete lack of... I don't know anything about the... Is it the Justice Division? Justice, justice Society. society? I don't Fuck know, you. I don't know Fuck anything you. about them, but how do you introduce an entire stable of heroes and not tell you anything about them? That is intriguing. Yeah. It's its
3: quite a choice. You don't
1: know, like Bruce, Pierce his fate? His Dr. Dude. Fate?
3: Pierce Brosnan was in that. He must have been on set for a day and a half tops. But
1: do you think he did a good job?
3: Yeah, I mean, he's Pierce Brosnan. Like, he looks good. I I like him. I like seeing him in movies. Like, I want to bang Harley Quinn, but I don't like the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I don't even know if I want to bang Harley (laughs)
5: Quinn.
3: Get that pancake makeup all over you. (laughs) And
1: the
5: juggers pissed at you, too. It's like, I don't want the juggers pissed at me. That's a bad side effect, yeah. Fuck that.
3: Um, yeah, it, it's a bad movie. It was fucking yeah. It was. It was. I just. I, I'm. I'm. I am happy that that door is being closed forever. Although poor Henry Cavill. Poor, um, I don't think we talked about that on this show. But they that's... let him...
1: I had Sean O'Connell on who wrote, yeah. um, wrote a book about uh, yeah, yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. By the way, he was fucking great. The scene where he comes out of the mountain and he is killing everybody, mm-hmm. I found that refreshing because the, the so many of these heroes are so magoo and anything James Gunn makes is so much emotional porn that is a dude, and is a dude in his 40s that likes action movies and likes fucking... I don't know that part. I thought was great, and then after that was over with, I'm like, "Well, you don't you don't have much else." Like, mm-hmm. if the movie would have ended right there, it's like Black Adam's back. You just paid ten dollars <laughs> for a fucking thirty minutes of movie.
3: It's it's one of the ugliest movies I've seen in a long time. It mm-hmm. might be the ugliest movie since the Snyder Cut. I mean, it just everything is all is, is is dark, gray, brown. Like mm. point like point a fucking light fixture on something. Like show me light hitting a real object
5: some color saturation Dude, might it, be nice
3: it just it, it, it's it's very frustrating I don't know. why'd you watch it i, I was drunk oh, okay
5: <laughs> it is sitting there There are so many movies in the universe
3: yeah but it's sitting there that's true i mean i went to see and it it's right there I, on the I, home screen if i am, you fire I am up the going right through i'm like service. all right like what did i miss in 2022 what do i like need to catch up on and that was like a, i'm too fucked up to watch the men so i'm gonna watch this instead
1: I'm never watching The Fableman ever, so and I would it's probably... Spielberg movie. I know, yeah. but I don't even know what it is. It makes me upset just hearing you say the word. It's like a fictionalized <laughs> biography of Steven Spielberg. I wanted to see Black Adam just because of the spectacle and to be able to mm-hmm. talk about it. But yeah. I, don't, I can't think of... Is there one DC movie since The no. Dark Knight that you would say,
5: I, this is a really good movie?
1: Fuck no. Not one, right?
5: Or at least one that you could say that you enjoyed. I think it's possible
1: in the theater until um, Doomsday showed up.
3: I was going to say, until Martha, Batman v. Superman. I think yeah. I like Batman v. Superman. Yeah, I really do. I, I had fun with that in the theater, too. The, and then I when, revisited it, and I was like, oh, fuck. When Affleck looks up and goes, you'll bleed. I, I think I like that a lot <laughs> when it <laughs> happened. That is, if, if I had to choose one yeah. to live with forever, it would be that one.
1: Batmobile in that one was cool. First two
3: hours of that one. Of the fucking four hours. The that it
1: scene, was. okay, here's where I'll <laughs> fucking say here's where we're on to something. The scene where Batman at the end after that he clears out that whole warehouse is some of the best Batman action I think I've ever
3: seen. We were robbed of well, we weren't robbed. Ben Affleck said no fucking way I'm out. And why wouldn't we? We would yeah. have gotten an Affleck directed with Deathstroke.
1: Did you see yes. the test footage of yeah, Deathstroke? Yeah, with
3: Joe Mana mana. moment And then yeah, he shows yeah.
1: up, he's sixty years old and fucking the JLA cut looks like shit. Been eating cheeseburgers, <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker's Been I'm, up
3: here eating like he's in the uh, the fortress. I'm, I'm glad it's going away forever. I do, I do like the real life, you know, the real life uh, wrestling feud continuing of of the Rock gets dumped by Gun, but he keeps John Cena around. I mean, that's hmm. that you know, is it's pretty just wild. interesting. Just watching those those two guys, just like when you know the Rock uh, exits Fast and Furious, and so they bring Cena in like as a total fucker. How you I doing? Mean, that's I I I do like seeing that continue in Hollywood awful as it is are. weird <laughs> too
1: though don't you think the rock would kill for something that was P- peacemaker ended up being something that critics like yeah. the audience it liked. was popular was the last and time respected the critics
3: liked a, a product with the rock i mean
1: the uh uh what is the tv show he was in the one where he's an agent ballers ballers yeah who that, watched that I, I mean people watched course, it people many liked people it. did yeah i didn't watch it but i mean people liked that you didn't watch it of course he did he plays football That's he thinks fair. he's the rock <laughs> That's <fair. Or> <laughs> talk to Both him. of he those things one hundred percent true. It is weird to see someone as charismatic, and that when I see him, I'm like, "Oh, The Rock!" You're like, "I'm always excited to see him." And successful, but then everything he does that isn't in a wrestling ring, I just, I have no interest Not in. For you. I mean, dude,
3: I, I don't think The Rock is much different from Ryan Reynolds nowadays. And I'm saying that as Whoa. a huge fan handsome, of handsome, ripped in- guys. I. To. but like it's like it's like you're, you're not interested in performing you're not interested in creating something you're just a brand and you are trying to market your brand every which way well which i mean the dude dude is gonna have more money dude has more money than god and always will for the mm-hmm. rest of his life his fucking great grandkids will never have to work and like he was a, a pro wrestler like i i respect it it's cool that wrestlers are able to do this now but at well, a certain some point, wrestlers are able to do yeah, it some wrestlers yeah. That 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 is like that that, that is happening. He can in, always know, the go home. If he
1: went back today, he'd be wrestling Roman Reigns, and it'd be fucking cool. And he'd like, give him his first and I like loss. That.
3: I'm I'm saying this as someone who who admires him, and I I like I like enough movies with him in it, but it's just become this this brand like he's not making movies he's making commercials for himself you know
1: who he is now he's conor mcgregor is who he is that's like good, one that's of the most famous people too. on the earth making as much money as you can possibly make would you rather be conor mcgregor or towns van Zant? like i don't know townsville well, like, you talk about the people that list towns van Zant as an influence it's willie nelson it's, mm-hmm. it's every it's every songwriter you've ever heard but if you walk into a bar and say who's towns van Zant?" nobody knows oh. and every single right. person in the bar knows who the rock and conor mcgregor are yeah so it's what you value more and you get bought more you get bought more shots and you get more hot chicks yeah. If you're fucking The Rock and Conor McGregor. And I'm, I'm not even At really the like, I, At the same time. At the same time. I don't even mean to sound like <laughs> I I'm I wish I was, like was the chicken between those two.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not even like a criticism. It's just like it's an observation of like, well, this is like why I'm less interested in what he does now. He's an than, enigma. Than he than really I is. But I, I like his passion, and I like the fact that he made that... He shot his shot, and he
1: made a power play to take over the whole fucking universe, and he had it. For a split second, he fucking had it. Henry Cavill went on his Instagram and said, I'm back. I'm Superman. I can't wait to show you what happened next. And James Gunn fucked him. And by the way, James Gunn, you go ahead and laud him. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's making soap operas under the guise of goddamn uh, superhero movies, and I think they all stink. I haven't liked the last three of the ones that he's done. So maybe he's he'll, he knows more about superheroes and popular culture and he's going to lift it all out of the mire, but I would bet on DC continuing to struggle even with him at the helm.
3: I mean, but they've always said, right, like DC needs a Feige, and James okay. Gunn is now that individual. But if
1: you walk into a room and you say, Henry Cavill playing Superman, nerds to that,
5: I don't, I don't trust your decision-making mm. process. Yeah. So I think regardless of quality of of decision making like they haven't had necessarily somebody who had that that commanding presence to be the one who steered the ship. Now right. the tr- trouble is, as mentioned earlier in the week, it, it that ship is kind of already going off in multiple different directions because you've got all of these weird properties that are sort of connected to characters that are the core of the DC cinematic universe. You've got this Joker over here and this Batman over here and this other thing over here. And if they don't come together and if you try to bring them all together, it's going to be awkward and weird without retconning everything. And it's just sort of they might that horse might already be out of the barn as far as unless they do like a complete continuity reboot.
3: Didn't they announce that like they're going to keep letting Matt Reeves do his thing with the Batman? Yeah, well, they should. In? But what
1: about this, Goat? If someone came to you and said, look, um, I mean, DC could just continue making movies all over the place. Like Shazam's over here, Flash. They could do that. They yeah, found success. Exactly, like, oh. dude.
3: There's a new Shazam movie coming uh, but, out but, but, like next month. Let me make the, let me make the point. Sorry. A-
1: Aquaman, Trigger. big hit. Shazam, Trigger. big hit. But what if everything you did was a commercial for the next thing you did? Like no one should care about Ant Man, Quantum Mania. Nobody. Right. It's. Horrible. But be- they have Kang in the movie. The entire next wave of what they're doing is being launched right. by Ant-Man, Quantumania, so that movie's going to make billion. a billion dollars.
5: It's You can't miss this. You have to see this, or else you know you can't miss this big super event that's coming up. It's going to shape the entire direction of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They've, they're they treating it like comic books. right? And I mean, that's ultimately, if you're making comic book movies, treating them like the way comic books use you. The end panel of... 80% of every Marvel comic from this you know from the dawn of Marvel Comics through to whenever is next month, you'll see what happens after this panel. Right. And you you can't kind of like, well, do I miss that? I can't miss that. Like, I gotta come around for that. Or it's like, well, you'll miss the origin story of the most important villain that's ever come up, and you're like, well, I can't miss that. So there's that hook. It's not quite the full-on cliffhanger, but there's just that breadcrumb at the end. Now, the flip see. side of that is a lot of waiting for that breadcrumb as opposed to enjoying what's in front of you in well, the i think here that's and why now. we've all and
1: fallen out of love yeah, with those movies yeah. why, like,
3: i hate i hate that like what you just described it, i'm like i and i i didn't really grow up reading comic books the way that you guys did but w- what you described in movies i fucking hate that because then like we we have completely lost our way in like what movies are supposed to be and like yeah that can sound like pompous or whatever but like, like, if you're just making this to make this and then that, like, there's no merit behind what you're doing. Or you're just making fucking fart rock that's going to be on the top forty. I Sorry. but fart yeah. rock Hell songs. yeah, fart rock.
1: Fart rock exists nonstop and it has for a hundred years, and I still find a hundred bands I like. See, Dottie, yeah, I would agree with what Dotsy's saying seven or eight years ago, but now you've got all these crazy batshit movies that we're all talking about that find an audience in the movie theater yeah. still. Like, like, And also, the, the, the superhero movies have taken a step back. Like, Doctor Strange, Black Widow, all these fucking movies didn't do what everybody thought they were going to do. If I were you, I'd be mad about Avatar. I would be mad that Avatar can take 15 years off, release another shitty movie, and it will again be the biggest thing that's ever happened in the history of this medium. Like, that to me is worth more scorn stepping out of this and not going to see these piles of shit what, what this fuck with DC is they're the Cowboys at the end of the season the Cowboys <laughs> look at their roster and they say holy shit we have the most talented roster in the league and here we sit all broken we came to shit and only farted <laughs> while they're looking at Ant-Man quad we have Batman and Superman and we can't beat Ant-Man and if you can't beat Ant-Man get out
5: at what life
1: anything <laughs>
5: The best barbecue in
2: Virginia can only be found at Monk's Barbecue in Purcellville, Virginia. Check them out at Monk's BBQ on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and at Monk'sQ.com.
4: This will come to no shock to you, but like Dukes, I enjoyed Black Adam. It wasn't a fantastic movie, but still very fun. I don't, I don't know how you can't like The Rock in a skin-tight outfit, sexy as ever, taking dudes up and just letting them go, falling to their death. You don't get that in Marvel. Nothing to complain about. But let's get to the good stuff here. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow is a big day. January 28th. I mentioned it earlier in the show. Founders Fiesta 2 will be dropping for the founding members of the Chad Duke show. However, if you are a subscriber to the show, you are going to get the original Founders Fiesta that we released last year on January 28th. You are going to be stockpiled with Chad Dukes show material, and you're welcome. There's also a big event at Commonwealth Dry Goods that same day. That's tomorrow, January 28th. Rather than me blabber about it, though, let me let Dukes tell you.
1: Hit it if you don't mind. Oh, yes. Yes, There it is. Don't pull that cord out of the laptop. That's what started all the trouble. Boy, that's a nice fade on that bad boy right there. Let's try to fade that music up next time right there. I feel like it's Jim Carrey dancing in the mask with Cameron Diaz right now. This is the Tikiaki Orchestra Goat. Mm. If you have any time, boot them up on Spotify. You will not regret it. They are tremendous. This Saturday at Commonwealth Dry Goods, we're going to be warming up the winter. I just posted the pictures. Jimmy J was nice enough to drive up to Bus T's in Rosedale Mellon, which is the worst place on Earth, and (laughs) pick up all the tanks, all the sweatshirts, all the tees. We got the candles. We got the beach towels. We got the bumper stickers. We got so much fun stuff real fun beachy colors, kind of a Miami Vice vibe. You can check it out at Commonwealth Rockets. All that shit will be available on Saturday, so we're warming it up over there. My wife bought a big inflatable palm tree. Can't go wrong there.
2: <laughs> I think the skeleton
1: might be holding it. I have no idea, so come on by. That'll be this Saturday. I'll be working from 12 to 5 and uh, we had our best month we've ever had in December, and January has been the worst month we have ever had. Well. The fun years of the summer. So, walked around outside today th- probably makes sense so we're trying to go out with a bang so come on by you can pick yourself up a chatting true soundtrack or a founders fiesta 2 poster as well we'd love to see you i'll be there all day it's fade now out, Jimmy. fade yeah there we go i like that
4: i hope everybody has time to get out there on saturday it's going to be a huge event it's going to be a great time all kinds of stuff there for you guys to get if you've never been there Commonwealth Dry Goods is at 10409 Main Street. That's Sweet C in Fairfax, Virginia, 22030. Just go to CommonwealthDryGoods.com. Check out their site. They got a lot of stuff on their shop if you can't make it out there. But you should really, you should really do your best. As always, a big special thank you to our guy, Money Monk, at Monk's Barbecue. The best damn barbecue anywhere. Get out there to Percival. Check them out. It's at Monk's Barbecue on Instagram, or you can check them out online, Monk's Q. Dot .com and our guy the best real estate agent out there Joe Azer his personal cell phone number if you're looking to buy or sell a house 571-989-Azer 571-989-2937 And if you didn't know be aware April 21st the pie tasters Tally Ho Theater, the whole Chad Duke show is going to be there. Tickets are available right now. Go to Theater.com. You can always go to Ticketmaster, but Tally Ho Theater is the best place to go. And as always, if you want to keep up with the show, www.ChadDukeShow.com. Get your episodes there. Get your subscriptions. Check out the shop, all the sponsors all our social posts which are facebook.com backslash the Chad Duke show at Chad Dukes on Twitter and at Chad Duke show on Instagram thank you guys so very much I appreciate you listening to the show I appreciate all the subscribers out there I hope to see you out of Commonwealth dry goods tomorrow otherwise enjoy your weekend everybody because if the good Lord is willing, And the creeks don't rise. Torn Shoot will see you back here on Monday. Roll out the... Eat it, boy!